In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's might. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 291. That's right. We are talking Green Lanterns number 27 and 28, otherwise known as Out of Time, part one and part two. I am taking uh, issue 28. Mark's taking issue 27. So, Mark, man, go ahead. Kick it off. I'm going to kick it off with 27. I have the standard cover with, Je- with uh, Jessica holding on to Simon, who's hanging off a cliff, hang- with the lava and everything exploding below him and those weird-looking mosquito-like things floating in the air. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, variant cover is not much different. Did you see it? Uh, I may have, but I, I haven't seen it recently. It's more artistically done uh, in terms of like a, a detail. Um, it's them both with rings uh, hovering above a volcanic area. They're they're flying in the air, fighting off these mosquito things. So this one is technically more accurate based on the story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah! Uh, I do have the variant cover for 28, though. <clears throat> Which I do like. I do, too. Uh, I, I don't think I But do. I don't like the matching variant for 29. I haven't seen that yet, so... Uh... Well, DC published, I think, a preview page. Oh, it's what, is Simon, or, or, is Simon on the right side y- to match up with her? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So do you not like it just because it's a bad cover, or just because it's Simon? I just think... Well, oh, it's partly because it's Simon, but I can still divorce that artistically. I just don't think it. I don't think Simon looks well rendered in that in that uh, form. Same artist. Yeah, same artist. Brandon, whatever. Brandon did both covers because uh, I like the Jessica cover on that one. I thought that worked. I thought that, that I, I do cool. too. You're talking about like with the city in the background, but it's like some pink stuff or whatever off to the side. Yes, the moment she's when she's on, yeah. when she's on the cover and on the, and the black around and the black. Kind of like circle around her Green Lantern badge almost looks more like uh, purple than black. Yeah, that's that's the one I have. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. All right, so twenty-seven, which is technically out of time, part one. Uh, that's where the hell is the creative team in here? Uh, is it at the end? Probably. Yes, it is. Ah, uh, nice going, guys. Uh, Sam Humphreys, writer, Ronan Cliquette, artist, Hi-Fi colorist, Dave Sharp, letters. Brad Walker, Drew Hennessy, and Jason Wright did the cover. Brandon Peterson did both variant covers on this one and uh, Chad's issue. Uh, and, of course, the usual suspects as the editors. So we we can't really say we picked up where we left off last issue because Simon and Jessica were in the last issue. <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, but we do find out why or what happened to them because we kind of see Jessica being distorted and being seemingly sucked through a vortex, whatever, and she lands on this volcanic planet. 
and she doesn't know where she is, and you know she's she's freaking out. Though I do like the 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 appearance of what should we call it, Chad, the Voldarian fire imp. <laughs> uh, I was thinking. Uh... Uh, Goran's son, Jr.? Yeah. Great, 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 dot, dot, dot. <laughs> grandfather. Yeah, Goran's actually, that's, a, that's, that's pretty good. But just because he was so little and he was so cute and the fact that she acknowledges that he's cute and said, oh, man, that's another one of those <laughs> spy imps. <laughs> Extra crispy. Uh, so, Je- you know, Je- you know, Jessica... The- Jessica ends up fighting like this mill- this millipede thing. In the meantime, she's having this conversation with her ring. She's trying to figure out, you know, what you know what exactly happened, where they are. The ring kind of fills her in, and obviously fills the readers into about you know Volthum accessed the ring's protocols, yada yada, and that's how they got sent. Um, the result was unpredictable. Kind of have a contradiction here on one page where Jessica kind of acknowledges that Simon's ring explodes, but then on the next page it's like, uh, we can't, his ring is offline. Well, of course his ring is offline. He doesn't have a ring. <laughs> but uh, the ring, it really isn't particularly helpful at this point, being able to answer Jessica's questions about where exactly they are. The ring kind of gives some mumbo-jumbo about, oh, the stars above match no star chart on file. So the ring is able to uh, miraculously finger, uh, figure all of this out by the end. Jessica, you know, talks about Volthum. He was crazy powerful, and then she kind of has this, you know, this moment of guilt and a little of concern where she realizes they left Raimi, essentially not by choice, clearly, but they left Raimi behind with Volthum. Um, Simon, you know, just Jessica, you know, basically is, goes off to try to find Simon. Now we finally find Simon as the ring kind of tells us something that makes perfect sense at the moment that. Jessica is the oh, has the only Green Lantern ring on this planet. Simon's we find Simon like running through you know running running through the tree, the forest, and everything being chased by these bird like these giant eagle like things with it. It's kind of weird, and you know, Simon's just running running his butt off. He ends up getting he ends up getting picked up by one of these e- eagle like things, and at this point, right when he's about to uh, basically be uh, the equivalent of a of a nice bird chow, a nice little little big worm there for the for these flying birds, and then Jessica's ring construct saves them, which I, I'm going to assume is just a big construct of crouton. I'm going to assume. Ah, <laughs> uh, crouton, gotta love him. So Je- so he's falling. Jessica Jessica saves him, and all the, they're all happy and having their momentary reunion, and of course. Uh, you know, once once they get that over with, you know, Simon goes like, first things first. You know, where are we? And Jessica goes, you know, I have no, I have no idea where we are. And it's like, can't you call the Justice League? Can't you call, you know, Hal, Mogo? And it's like, it's like, I, it's like, I'm telling you the, all there is. You know, the ring pretty much doesn't. You know, I sent out an emergency distress signal, and no one is responding. You know, the ring has no idea where we are. And they, now they kind of comment on the ring. Kind of picks up on something we we saw happen the last time we saw Simon. Which was the fact that he, when his ring exploded, he had a lot of the shards go into his arm. Uh, so, kind of like oh, again, illuminating the tattoo on his arm too, to a certain extent. And the ring does ask Simon whether <laughs> he would like the ring to remove the shards. And Simon, which I kind of like, this was kind of good thinking in a way. It was like, a, uh, only if you, only if by basically pulling them out of me, you could put my ring back together. And he said, "No, your negative. Your ring is beyond repair." 
So you know, Simon's really you know he's kind of upset at this point. Then we kind of have like a, some some knockoff of like Bebop or Rocksteady come out of the woods, chasing them. We later find out because uh, it's like they cut to that night and we find out they basically got swallowed by this by this sea dragon or dinosaur, which they have to punch their way out of. And they just kind of acknowledge, well, we can't sleep in the trees, we can't sleep on the beach, this place is a nightmare. And now we have Simon for the first time since he gave up his gun, kind of lamenting it. It's like, uh, I don't have my gun. It's like, screw you, Batman. <laughs> uh, now, and while Jessica's trying to comfort Simon, we all of a sudden the ring chimes in going, massive white energy reading, possible white lanterns present. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I like the ring. We may be saved. Ah, <laughs> uh, this ring. We'll talk about this ring because I think the I think the ring may have come close to jumping the shark <laughs> in this issue. I just think it, the ring is kind of becoming a little too uh, I don't know a little too amusing, a little too uh, distracting in, in its sentience. Now now we now we cut to the to the planet Grenda, although you know artificial intelligence known as the Hive, and we essentially have this conversation between this this uh, almost like this digital eyeball and this and being. Con- contrasted with these digital lips and being basically told that the eye, you know, you know the the eyeball over here is being sent out to uh, he's going to be the first one to leave the hive and you're being you're the first of your kind. Uh, what the hell is that? In, in, Insulatus, in, uh, Insulatus knot or whatever. That's kind of a that's a that's a that doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, not at all. Uh, just a, that basically he's. That he's being sent out into the uh, into the real world the first time and uh, hoping to open a space of solitude and hopes that in the silence the creator their creator will reveal itself and you know Brill pretty much says uh, <clears throat> I am ready to embrace this uh, because because at least Brill rolls off the tongue better than that in, that insulator snot <laughs> whatever he is uh, so he, he gets encased in this really. Almost like this classic sci-fi-looking robot kind of body type with the, with claws for arms and everything. And uh, Danger Will Robinson. Yes, yeah. Actually, I think Danger Will Rob. He's got the claws are similar. Yes, he doesn't have rollers to roll on though. He actually he does have legs. Uh, but a journey safe, Brill. And he's sent on his way, and and goodbye, Hive. I am. And as, as soon as he gets cut off by the Hive, which is understandable when you have a complete group mentality, that the minute he's he's cut off by from the Hive and he's in isolation, he just starts freaking out. It's like <laughs> it's unbearable to be alone for those like three seconds. <laughs> but he pulls, but he he pulls his head out of his out of his, you know what? And it's like, no, I must not fear absence, void, silence. I must embrace it. I must find peace. Yeah, I am ready, Creator. And of course, at this point, right on cue, uh, one, of, one of the other seven Green Lantern rings, original rings, finds Brill, and it's like you, you have the ability to overcome great fear. There's a crisis in the universe. You are needed, and and Brill's kind of not really sure what to make of this, but he kind of looks at it from the possible perspective: is this a sign from the Creator? It's like, but he, or is it a trap? But either way, uh, he kind of acknowledges like this is a tough thing. So what exactly do I do? <laughs> Now we cut back to the to the mysterious planet where Simon and Jessica are on. I like the fact that he's like seat belted into this big seat <laughs> as she's fly as she's flying them through the planet. Uh, 
<laughs> he even he doesn't even just have straps across his chest. There's one over the top of his thighs. Yeah, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like he, it's like he's a five year old or something in the back seat. Besides being like in a kiddie seat, you, you got to put the seat belt and everything around him too. Just it, and he just looks so sad. <laughs> it's like is this really? Yes. It's like I, I'd be mortified if I dropped you. <laughs> so they come to this 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 uh, lush mountain with waterfalls and everything in green. Green vegetation, some dinosaur, in quotes, it's kind of like dinosaurs on this thing. And it's like, oh, this they went through all this desolate desert, and here we go, you know, all is teeming with life. And it's like white lanterns, their rings, you know, they basically are, are powered by life, like ours are powered by will. You know, maybe maybe this is their doing. So the ring keeps telling them, you know, where the, you know, the triangulation energy readings from the cave. It's you know, the, this the white lantern energy is emanating from the planet's core. They go inside, and then we kind of get the lava thing that we saw. Essentially, I guess it's supposed to be similar to what we saw on the cover of of this issue, except it's, we don't see any flying mosquitoes. We see more like a combination of kind of like almost like a combination of a whale, a Venus flytrap, and uh, and, and and Audrey too there from uh, <laughs> Shop Ours in the lava. And and it's, oh, there's also there's also lava sea turtles. On this page or going on the, uh, on the, the next one? Okay, yeah. I was going to say. Oh, and there's there's a little there's a little creepy crawly thing in the shore too. There's a little bug yeah. in the shore too. And right as they get inside, of course, now now the ring kind of like, well, thank you very much. It's like a, a, a jaybird. The, the life energy is too strong. It is not a white lantern. And Simon, who looks really horribly drawn in this issue, by the way, it's like, why are, why are we down here? And then Jessica's like, no way. And then we find out that this is the life entity. And we see this. We see. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for. At least you waited to this point. <laughs> you see the, All I did was sigh. I know, but that was that was enough. <laughs> that was enough. Uh, <laughs> enter but the beginning of the, the mini rant. No. So we have. So we have the itty teeny tiny. Well, compared to them, they're compared to them. The you know, life entity is big, but compared to what we know of the life entity, it's teeny tiny. <laughs> he he looks like he's got this ginormous head, almost, and he looks like he's wearing a helmet more than anything. Uh, he's encased in this little embryonic sack, which has you know, which is also connected like throughout the entire core of the planet. It looks like, and it's like this is the life entity, the source of all life energy of the universe. It is still developing, incubating. And Simon's like, the life entity, it's so... And Jessica's like, beautiful! And Simon's like, hold up, that doesn't make any sense. You know, the life entity was born at the dawn of the cosmos. And Jessica's like, ring, can we wake it up? And it's like, no, it's not developed enough to waken. That's why it's an embryo! Uh, and Simon's like, how are we going to get off this nightmare world? And now, of course, the ring, conveniently enough, is like, I have just finished data crunching the star charts and... Location verified. Like, it really should have taken him this long. It's like, I recommend you see it for yourself. And then we find out, boom, as we kind of take a view from, they're like shot up and just shot up to view the planet from the, up and past the atmosphere. We see that they're on Earth. You blew it up, you maniac! <laughs> a reverse Planet of the Apes moment. They realize they're, they're on Earth, but they're on Earth. And enter the convenient fa- the convenient phrase we've heard like every issue for like the last five, ten billion years ago. <laughs> so Simon's like, "Excuse me, ten billion? What? Oh, you mean we're lost in time too?" And you know, Jessica's like, "Oh my God!" It's like she's trying to hold it together, which you give her credit for. This, even though she does cap it off with, "I'm gonna puke," 
Well, whether she puked or not, we don't know because they're back on the surface of the planet, which is kind of funny because all these like really lazy mammal-like looking things are sleeping around them left and right, and you know, they're trying to they're trying to get con- they're trying to wrap themselves around this concept. It's like you know, it's like let me get this straight because my ring was made from Volthoom's travel lantern. He tried to take it, control it, and it flung us across time and space. Correct. The ring responds, and Simon's like, uh, you know, it's like, we're never getting home. You know, we don't have the Justice League. We don't have any Green Lanterns. I don't have a ring. And, you know, Jessica's kind of like trying to comfort him again. It's like, pull it together, Simon. We've got my ring. We've got each other. You know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go home. We're going to save Raimi. We're going to kick Volthoo's ass. Rah, rah, rah. Then all of a sudden, her ring says, you know, alert, incoming Green Lanterns. And, of course, Jessica's all happy. It's like, oh, it must be Hal. I do like the fact that she gravitates towards Hal all the time. And John and Kyle and, and the requisite guy insult. I'd even be happy to see Guy. I'd even give Guy a hug. It's like, they found us, Simon. We're saved! Except they're not saved because basically now these seven original Green Lanterns start arriving on Earth and they come zeroing in on Jessica and Simon and Jessica with it. We're saved, I think. <laughs> Next issue. The United and the Seven United. Unite the Seven! So the Earth is double its age. Um, <laughs> and because... That's just completely scientifically wrong. The art, the artist was like, eh, "What the hell? Uh, all of these creatures make no sense. Gorilla birds, <laughs> big cats sleeping in trees with the face of a rhinoceros. <laughs> just like, none of it, none of it makes sense. And uh, have you ever heard of something called Pangea before? <laughs> because." <laughs> Because yeah. yes, because the, con- <laughs> the continents are not exactly all together either. <laughs> if we're talking about the dawn of the planet Earth, <laughs> this should be Pangaea, where all the continents are mushed together into one large. Hmm, what was the phrase scientists use? Supercontinent. <laughs> one big thing before plate tectonics and earthquakes and the formation and settling of the planet shook everything into its current state over the past mm, five point whatever billion years that the Earth is actually aged. Uh, so this isn't even, even if, even if we were 10 billion years old. So the, the whole thing is, <laughs> the, whole thi- the, whole, the whole thing is, we have now screwed up Green Lantern history by saying originally... It was Malthusians, then robots, then Green Lanterns. Oh my! But oh, we forgot. <laughs> but oh, we forgot. There were seven original lanterns. Then we quit that idea. Went with robots instead. Then went back to Green Lanterns. Okay. Okay. So Earth <laughs> doubled its age. Um, the White Lantern entity's development process is all tossed up in the air. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, by the way, Earth itself didn't originally start off with a supercontinent called Pangaea. It was kind of split into its own thing, then merged together into a supercontinent called Pangaea, then merged apart, and somehow shuffled all that stuff around in the process, too. So all this previously known information, both about the Green Lantern Corps and the history of the planet Earth itself, <laughs> in the way it's scientifically developed, is uh, now being revealed to us. 
None of which means anything, because <laughs> it's all bullshit. <laughs> and <laughs> the fact that the artist put these gorilla birds in there <laughs> clearly means nobody gives a flying F. <laughs> So we're flying G for gorilla. Uh, so well, yeah, I don't. You know what? You know what I thought about this? Yeah, you're right. Their head, their, their heads kind of they kind of do look a little gorilla like, uh, and they're and and they do have arms along with wings and everything else. So I I could have I could have given them a little more justice <laughs> than I did. Uh, the thought did cross my mind in this that maybe maybe worth what they're going to try to go with the con- conceptually here. Is that all the different forms of life in the in the in the universe? Even though we know that cannot, even though they kind of contradict that the fact that these other planets are in existence with these other lanterns that are showing up on this planet. But the idea, I thought of how they might have tried to explain it away at one point is that all of life throughout the entire universe began on Earth, and then different at different times, different things were taken or gravitated to a different other planets in the universe. So not every, that's why not all these things still exist on Earth, or we don't. Oh, as far as we know, they never existed on Earth, but maybe they originated on Earth. But that doesn't explain why you know there's Kryptonians and all this other crap now. So yeah, everything uh, happened ten billion years ago. <laughs> did you recognize? Did you recognize the home planet of Brill? It's not hard to figure out, but. Uh, I know. I know. I was supposed to. Grenda is the home world of Stell. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So, are we assuming that Brill is Grenda's Adam? In terms of like how we have an Adam and Eve origin story, is Brill supposed to be Grenda's Adam? He looks like the he's, he's got to be the first created, right? Just based on this story, and like we're, we're we're thinking that this tech intelligence is their creator having a conversation, right? So it's making the very first being and putting it out into the world to experience the real world in a physical form. So I can't help but think. That Brill is Grinda's Adam. He's got to be the first. What would he? Grindanian? The first of that species? Could be, yeah. I mean, at least as we know it now, probably. That's, that's not a bet. That's not. It's possible, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, we went into it last episode. But uh, the last episode that we covered, Green Lanterns, rather, um, the the, the White Lantern entity being in the center of this planet as an embryo asleep (laughs) 10 billion years ago, which has doubled the the real lifespan of our planet as we know it to be these days, (sighs) throws a whole wrench into the entire works of the cosmos and the history of the universe and even what we know about the Malthusians and their development process. But... But look at his and, feet! <laughs> and, and, and the origin of the entities themselves, because I don't know about you, but I don't see anything that looks like a bull here. <laughs> and so on and so forth. But anyways, let's just skip all of that, because I freaked out last time, and uh, I don't really have it in me 
to freak out again. <laughs> so lies, all we'll lies. Just, we'll just pass on that right now and uh, just refer you to the episode in which we covered twenty five and twenty six. And uh, enjoy, because <laughs> none of this makes sense. By doing this one double d- double page splash, it threw everything out of whack. <laughs> In the entire Green Lantern history and cosmos and the origin of the Maltusians and their own development process and the origin of the entities in which we know them. So thanks so much, Sam Humphreys. You're brilliant. Genius. So glad you did your research. Um, moving on. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but it's good to know since we see the turtles, good to know Gamera has been around 10 billion years. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't. As far as these like being the origin for other species in the universe, I'd almost buy that if they didn't look like simply amalgamations of various already existing and you and I's present day iteration of our world. Those look exactly like humpback whales. That looks exactly like a sea turtle. You know, <laughs> that one thing looks like a combination between uh, that one thing resting in the tree above Simon as he's sitting down, contemplating that the 10 billion years in the past looks like the combination of a cougar and a rhinoceros. Like everything in here just looks like a weird combination of things that we are you and I already know to exist, not like alien creatures. So like the big first, the, the big like centipede thing that attacked Jessica that's like a massive centipede snake slash bat. I mean, and then the other thing that attacks uh, her and Simon in the forest looks like a warthog slash orangutan. Like, and then gorilla slash birds. Like, there's no, like, obvious alien creature. It's all just combinations of other beings. It's a lot of rough drafts, man. That's all it is. It's rough drafts. <laughs> Yeah. This thing ain't gonna work. Let's, let's take it back. To, let's take it back to the drawing board. So, yeah, you have anything else to say about this before we go into the next issue? Um, it's good to see that they continue having Simon be useless because hmm. he really is useless in this issue. I mean, he, for sure, he's he. I mean, they're they're like. They're like kicking it up a notch with with how useless he is, uh, especially like even when they're looking at the planet from the from from space. She's got a little green energy bubble around his head, so he can uh, not around not not around the rest of his body, so he won't burn up or anything. When the inner going in or out of the atmosphere, but it's good to know he can still breathe, <laughs> uh, unless the ring instantly transported them up there, supposedly. Uh, so he's he's got he's got an aura shield around his body. Yeah, he kind of does. To, I guess he does. To me, it looks more like it was just a tether that, that Jessica created more, I and mean, it was most, and it was mostly feeding the uh, energy shield around his head. But yes, you could make the case that he's got a little. He, technically, it does look similar to what she has. So yes, I would say that's probably accurate. Uh, one thing I did want to go back to because I did kind of mention it. Yeah, something. Now the inter now the interaction between her, her ring and 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 Jessica is starting to grate on me a little. I just think it's becoming a little too heavy handed. It's becoming a little too like it's like the, 
it's almost like the ring is incapable of communicating at all like a Green Lantern ring anymore. Not and the personality I don't mind, you know, having conversations I don't mind, having a sense of humor I don't mind, even it just seems like everything's it's like it's like they almost have to have every single time the ring sa- says something it has to be said in a way that a normal a normal the ring's AI would not say it that way. It's like, "Gotcha, Jessica." And it's like uh you know, uh I don't know, it just I mean, there are a few moments when the ring just gives you like a data dump the way you would expect it, but everything is just seems like uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it should bother everyone or even bother you. It just it's one of the things I do remember when I read it the first time, and when I reread it this time in prep for this episode, it's like, yeah, that's 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 kind of rubbing me the wrong way, a little or. Which kind of stinks because I do like the idea, I like the individuality of the AI, but yet something about it is seems like maybe we're getting a little too large a dose of it. But it's just me. All right, uh, Green Lanterns number twenty-eight, Out of Time Part Two, same creative teams. Ten billion years ago. Ten billion years ago, we open up on a Kryptonian. Um, uh, let's just call it a science mission. They're out on a patrol. They're exploring the stars, colonizing other places, um, so on and so forth. They're the, the first mission of colonization from their home planet. Um, they break down, crash land on this one place during a dust-slash-lightning storm that is almost reminiscent of uh, uh, what was that movie with Matt Damon? From Mars. The Martian. The Martian, that one. Um, the leader of their little group says, hey, we need to survive. They're like, let's go to get into our ship and take cover. She's like, no. Uh, if we go in there, we'll die. So they end up huddling in this like kind of sort of uh, outcropping of rocks. When they uh, wake up the next morning, a massive boulder landed on their ship, destroying them. And it turns out that if they would have gone into the ship, that the they would have died because obviously the ship would have been destroyed while they were in it. At this point, a uh, a ring shows up and recruits Jan Al, not L A L. Jan Al of Krypton, you have the ability to overcome great fear. There's a great crisis in the universe, and you are needed. And she flies out into space. And they are all, all seven lanterns have been introduced. They're coming down onto the planet. Jessica and Simon are ready. They show up. And we see uh, the, all the lanterns, uh, the one from Mars, the one from Grenda, the one from the Third World, from Yad Kalu, from Krypton. From Tamaran and the Cosmic Plant Elemental. This is once all of them are in proximity to one another. This triggers a message from Raimi, the OG Raimi, from 10 billion years ago Raimi, not no, First Lantern. Not Volthumi. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> saying, hey, uh, we've got an emergency. Essentially, I don't have much time. Volthum will kill us all. We're trapped in the Citadel. You know, I, I, I created the rings on your fingers, powered by your will and your courage. You're extremely dangerous and untested. There's no safeguards, no guarantee you'll survive. The rings have been programmed to select bearers for their ability to overcome fear. That's you, I hope. 
They and they have assembled you on this planet, the home of the life entity. Its energy will shield you from detection by Volthum, but do not delay. This is our hour of desperation. Volthum has a power ring of his own. It has driven him mad. He'll take all seven of you united to defeat him. If you don't, he'll kill us all. Emotions have destroyed his coherence, and he won't stop until he destroys the universe. Our lives are in your hands. and Do not delay. And they all deal with it in their own way. Basically saying, why the hell should we do anything? Um, <clears throat> this is when they're, when they're arguing back and forth about what to do. The Martian says, uh, he's, the man in the message says there are seven bears, but there are nine here. There are imposters in our midst, and he does not have a ring. Jessica tries to defi- defend Simon, but uh, the Tamaranian has grabbed hold of him. Jessica fights him off with an axe. They're all a construct axe, which they all freak out because she just basically pulled a magic trick and pulled a big green axe out of F and nowhere. <clears throat> so they all freak out. Jessica stands and is like, I'm Lantern Cruz. My partner, Lantern Baz, we're the Green Lanterns of Earth. Welcome to the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, she says, we're going to train you, go Green Lanterns. Um, but they all decide uh, that they're going, in their own way, that they're going to uh, fight for the universe. Except uh, the Kryptonian says, I don't know about any of you, but my crew are lost and abandoned. Ralph spoken to me, has made it clear. We need your rings, forgive me. And her willpower is at 100%. She attacks all the other Lanterns. Um, and then they all start fighting each other, uh, in, in their own way. Then all of a sudden later on, um, the Kryptonian is overwhelmed by willpower and burns her up from the inside and she becomes, she explodes, becoming a charred skeleton on the ground. Um, and, uh. The one, the the lantern from the third world says the ring it killed her. Does anybody else wish to go it alone? This is when they all stop fighting and decide that they will train with Jessica and Simon. You need to know what you're doing, or I'll destroy you both. Then over on Maltus, we see Volthum attacking the shield uh, uh, surrounding uh, Maltus, trying to get in. And I can hear you, old friend. I hear and I pray. I pray that my rings have found bears strong enough to end your pain. And next issue, training disasters. That was a very brief recap, obviously, but uh, yeah. So now that all the seven lanterns have been revealed, I still have to admit I have a bit of a problem with all the call-outs to the DC Universe. Okay, so we got... A Brainiac, essentially. We have a Grendon, which is a good call-out within the Green Lantern Corps itself, obviously. So I'm less of a problem with with, uh, Brill, honestly. We have a Martian, a Kryptonian, a Tamaranian, and then a Cosmic Plant Elemental. I just have a problem with all of them. Aside from uh, the cosmic plant and elemental, which I get a feeling we're going to get some sort of a reveal slash learn more about later on, and she'll be tied to something we know as well, like maybe a seed of her was left behind on Earth, and she's what starts the green on planet Earth, and that's where Swamp Thing and all this other crap comes from. I wouldn't be surprised if that's some sort of reveal that we get later on. But I just wish they would have, like, 
at least one of them, like made up something, just added to the DC universe in some way. Like, isn't that like the kind of the goal when you're writing in the DC universe like this? When you have the opportunity to create not one but seven new characters, pulling and, and picking and choosing from the history of the cosmos within the DC universe, oh, hell yeah. I do not for one moment doubt that if I were in that same position, I'd pull a bunch of shout-outs to some of my favorite things from across the DC cosmic side of things and the various planets and stuff that I know about. But at least one original sort of character slash planet slash background sort of character would be something I'd want to throw in, don't you think? I would think so. Yeah. I just feel like these are all just shout-outs and not... Don't get me wrong, they're all new characters in their own right, but they're all, they all have presumably ties to existing concepts, as opposed to most of them new characters with ties to existing concepts, and one just wholly new, original character from a planet we've never heard of. Which I think would be better, but that's more of a nitpick than an actual issue maybe it's just a preference thing I don't know no I understand where you're coming from uh, I didn't have a huge issue with the the assorted where you know the random assortment of planets that they went back to revisit to give us the original to to give us this version of the original seven uh, not not that, not that the seven lasted long <laughs> It's seven. She got blown up real good. <laughs> Which is a shame because I, 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 I kind of liked her best. At least not not best, but like I liked her costume. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was pretty original, neat. I, I really like that page where she's flying off when she first gets her ring. That looks really freaking awesome. Um, she might have been one of like. Of the seven, she might have been one of the the top half that I was most interested in. She definitely had potential. I kind of like the, uh, I kind of like the Martian. The the white Martian. Yeah, and the planet elemental too. I think those are the ones I naturally gravitate towards. Uh, I I still have an issue with kind of like where they're going with all this. The idea that. Kind of again, like we've discussed before, almost like this this Terminator kind of loop where Simon and Jessica helped, or some helped, you know, train or were responsible for the original Seven Lanterns that defeated Volthoom to begin with. So, seem again another self serving way if this is how it all plays out, just to make Jessica seem so much more important again. Uh, the fact that oh, you you can't mock Jessica Cruz because without her, you know, Volthoom would have won way back, you know, ten million years ago. <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think Jessica's coming across really well here. She's 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 putting it together very very well. Uh, but and of course, we have to get the explanation of Jessica's ring, which of course we'll discuss it during when we get to the email. But I'm sure that'll be. I'm sure that will rear its head, rear its head soon enough in the actual comics. But, we, but we're, we're recording this about one like a few uh, a few hours technically before the next issue of Green Lanterns comes out. <laughs> So we'll we'll see if uh, we get any we're any closer to getting an explanation for where exactly <clears throat> who's how did Jessica's current ring 
how does that tie into the one of the original Seven Rings? I mean, I have a theory, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, the the more the more I flip through this, the more I think this cosmic plant elemental did something on our planet that causes the green. Because every planet, every panel I see her on, she's like kneeling down, playing with the ground and stuff. And I'm like, why wouldn't she? If she's a cosmic plant elemental and she's on this new cre- newly created planet that's teeming with life, and she's literally all of only a couple of miles above the place where the life entity itself is sleeping, like why wouldn't she just be overcome by all of this? That makes sense. So I would not be surprised if they try and team. Um, you know what? Forget it. I haven't made one of these in a while. She's tied into the green slash swamp thing and all the stuff that uh, that entails with it. What? What's another one? The Floronic Man? Is that yeah. another one? Yeah. She's tied into all the, the plant slash the green goings on on our planet. She has something to do with all of that. That's my prediction. Um, <clears throat> Actually, you know what's really... Do you know what's really cool that it? I really didn't notice this before. If you go back and look at that splash page when they show you all seven lanterns, all the all the little flowers and the creatures floating around on the, underneath that paddle pretty much represent the emotional spectrum. You got green in general, mm. but I mean you got the butterflies and you got you got you got violet, you got blue. The indigo is kind of mixed in with the blue, I would say, but you have some orange, you got some red there. So it's it may not be it may it may just be there just for color. I'm just saying, but. But that's what that's what it just made me think of when I'm looking at, since, since it's all in close proximity to each other. Yeah, it's just if you scroll through the issue after that first panel, that first splash page where they, they, they show up. If you scroll through the flip through the issue, and you any any panel or page where you see this plant elemental, she's looking at plants. She's in the background, or she's distracted and looking off to the side, or whatever. She's holding flowers. I mean, anything like that. So I think it's, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, outside of that, I don't know. This it's a big fight, but we've I don't know that we've learned much about any of these other characters here. I mean, this. I forget the Tamaranian's name, which is... It's on the first page. I'll just scroll back real quick. Tyraner? Tyraner? Whatever. Oh, Tyraner. yes, 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 yes. The wolfman-looking dude. Yeah, he's kind of a pain in the ass, I think. Like, I, I get they're going for, like, the savage warrior beast man sort of a thing, but I don't know that they're capturing that completely right. He just comes off as annoying, and like he's getting in the way rather than helping. Yeah, but he'll come around. Yeah. And obviously we know that he sticks around <laughs> because he's got to show up in the future to recognize Simon and Jessica when they first stumble upon him. <laughs> yeah, so. ten, bi- 10 billion years is a pretty good life cycle. Yeah, it makes me wonder um, how old is he compared to like Atrocitus? See, that's another thing. See, that's, that's another thing by, by throwing them 10 billion years in the past. How old now does that make uh, beings like uh, associated with the history of the Guardians, like Larflees and Atrocitus? <laughs> like, if it's 10 billion years ago and 
the Guardians are now already Guardians, but they're created that Raimi has created the first seven, which presumably they're going to this experiment is going to fail. The Guardian's going to shut Raimi down, ostracize him for this very reason, for doing this without their permission. I'm assuming now that that's the reason he was now excommunicated. Um, If that's the reason, then they're going to find this power, create the Manhunters, which means God knows what the timeline is between the disbanding of these seven lanterns the, and, and you know, the expulsion of Raimi from the Guardians' ranks to them then deciding we can still use this power but in a different way in creating the Manhunters. Then how long do the Manhunters reign before they destroy uh, destroy uh, Sector 666? So that makes, let's, let's say, conservatively, a billion years. That makes Atrocitus nine billion years old. <sighs> like, see, see what I mean? Like, it it throws a wrench in so many things by saying this all happens ten billion years ago. That's just another wrinkle I thought of. <laughs> they screwed us. They screwed us with this. We need to get an iron and take care of take care of all these wrinkles. And not just that. Like, if you think about it, all these other all these other. Um, so if it's 10 billion years ago and then Mars is also supposed to have roughly the same age uh, as the planet Earth, but there's already a Mars that is not only developed but has sentient life before Earth does, despite the fact that Earth was the first planet to have life in the cosmos, according to what we've been told. You also have to consider that at the same time across the cosmos – Krypton has already evolved life past its own Neanderthal stage into a scientifically advanced community that is sending out their very first colonization parties. Kalu is also scientifically advanced. So, like, the third world, like, I mean, all of these, (laughs) the third world implies that two other worlds (laughs) came before it. Yep. So, So... what is this new timeline now? This whole thing. It's, did Dr. Manhattan screw this up too? <laughs> did, the, did the 10 years or so that he adjusted in the new 52 <laughs> happen because he took so much other time from other places that now the entire cosmos is effed? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's, well, there's an easier explanation. It's that damn Krona again. <laughs> Remember I'm just. What? What 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 are the eight thousand things Corona Corona supposedly did, as opposed to not to be confused with Corona, which is what he drinks. <laughs> that Corona, you know, when he went back and he looked at the beginning of time, how he sucked out all the, you know, like ten, like I've, I forget how many billion was it, like ten billion years worth of energy or something, and and that's one of the reasons the Guardians were trying to keep chaos in the in, at bay and to keep order because they were hoping to basically. Make up for that amount of energy that was lost, thanks to Krona. So when the universe and our universe ended, there was going to be enough energy to do another big bang and start the next one. All that crap. That it's Krona's fault. I thought I thought Krona's OG issue was that by looking back to the dawn of time, he connected the beginning to the end and created entropy. Not the character entropy, the actual character. Right. Yes. Uh, right. 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 I, so, I, the, so, so he created entropy, 
and and the universe because the begin at the beginning of time it was also connected to the end of time because of Krona that the universe was born old is what some some I, I remember that specific phrasing it could have been in Crisis it could have been in Green Lantern forty it could have been in any number of times we've seen the interpretation of Krona's story and. And how that's went. But I remember very specifically, the quote was, and the universe was born old. And because of that just so fundamental nature of the universe shattering, that it also shattered reality itself and thus created the multiverse. I I think that, that might... I'm trying to remember where I mean that is true. I remember I remember that version, but I also do remember I'm trying to remember where the version of where that version of the story where the the universe lost all that lost all the energy and part of the part of the reason why the guardians set up took it upon themselves to try to keep order at all costs, which is one of the reasons why they created the Manhunters and then created the Green Lantern Corps. That was my crisis. That No, I'll go ahead. No, I know. That I do remember, I do remember that was a an explanation for one of the things Krona did. Not just like, but not. It's not the most commonly referred to one, but I do remember that as a part of, partial explanation for why the Guardians were trying to do what they did because they were just hoping that they could keep chaos at bay for the for basically for the rest of existence of our universe. Then they would offset the loss of energy when uh, when Krona looked back when Krona looked back. And that would enable another universe to be born afterwards because the fear was because of all that lost uh, chronal energy or whatever that there wouldn't be enough to restart the universe at the end based on their current. Almost like – in a way, almost kind of like a weird variation on the the the, um, the finite emotional spectrum, the idea that there's only so much energy out there. I and mean, when you siphon off a certain amount of it or enough of it, that there's not going to be enough for, for basically things to continue again. So – but I do remember that because I just don't mem- I just don't remember if it came from the from the third law storyline or something else. There was something in it that relates to that because I know I I know I remember reading it because actually I used in my second screen Green Lantern screenplay of of the three I used that as a as an explanation for why I think for one one of the reasons why the Guardians were I used that as the explanation for why the Guardians were so were so damn rigid about trying to keep order at all costs was because that. That was their sin, the Krona sin, but they were trying to make up for. But, but yours, I, yeah. think more, I think yours is. I think yours is more common. I think yours is the most. Common. Yeah, it's more. It's it's more common slash the longest standing. Right. I think. Uh, yeah, I've got Crisis in front of me right now, open to the page where. Um, Lila, what's her name? Uh, Harbinger is retelling the story to all the assembled heroes during Crisis about. Krona. Um, uh, so the universe shuddered and the evil antimatter universe was formed, but more than that, the single universe was replicated. What was one became many. At that moment, was born both antimatter universe and the multiverse. The Earth and all the planets were duplicated. Only one was without a doppel- its doppelganger, Oa, for Oa's sister planet lay in the antimatter universe, and they called that world Quard. Yeah, it must have been somewhere else where they kind of expanded all that. And Crisis was such a huge story that they, even though like nobody in the universe was supposed to remember what happened, 
it, they kept referencing it like a billion times. Like I remember there was an issue of was it DC Comics Presents maybe that featured Lady Quark and <laughs> and Harbinger and, and I think um, uh, oh, what was his name? Why can't I remember his name? Priya. I'm pretty sure like all three of those characters teamed up in an issue of DC Comics Presents. <laughs> all right. So plus these characters were kicking around in the DC universe afterwards. I just can't remember where it was that it was like and the universe was born old because I'm pretty sure that was the quote. I mean, begin quote and the universe was born old or ancient. End quote. I'm pretty sure that was like the legit phrase. But maybe we're spending too much time on this. What do you uh, What do you think of the rest of the issue? By the way, I'm am I pulled my uh, <laughs> my Green Lantern number forty off the shelf, so I'm reading the OG OG <laughs> multiverse explanation right now to see if that if that's any different. But I don't think so because I'm pretty sure Crisis just lifted panel for panel. I thought the art was pretty good. Uh... I'm trying. Why is why is Simon wearing his his helmet again? When on the Raimi page, I'm realizing why why does Simon just have his helmet on again? His his Green Lantern mask and everything out of all of a sudden. That seems that seems that seems out of place. But you, that, that probably, oh yeah, it's just there and then it's yeah. Gone. I was just gonna say, I was just literally gonna say if that pro, now that I flipped to the page afterwards and it was gone again, that obviously must have must have been a mistake. Unless, unless we're supposed to believe the the power of of his uh, hologram there was uh was so powerful that it uh, or the holograph was so powerful that basically it gave Simon temporary Green Lantern power again while it was there. I don't know. I I like the art. Uh, I agree that they didn't do much. That the lanterns themselves didn't do a whole lot for me in this in this issue, but I'm kind of hoping it's going to get better. This is so far. This is certainly not how I envisioned this storyline going with Jessica and Simon being thrown into the past, and I can't necessarily say this is for the best compared to how how I imagined it going. Uh, yeah, and the OG Green Lantern Forty just says that Cronin basically is responsible for evil. Like brother turned against brother and blah 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 across the universe after he did it. <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna bug me now where where the rest of that was, but whatever. I'm sure a listener out there will be able to figure it out. We're talking about 77 plus years of <laughs> 76, 77 years of Green Lantern history now. So <laughs> good luck pointing it out, guys. <laughs> uh, we don't have the time to drag it out and have a bunch of dead air while we try and research all this, and I don't feel like editing out a bunch of dead air. <laughs> Uh, no editing today, else? people. <laughs> <laughs> anything else before we move on to those two pieces of feedback? No, I think that's I think that's enough for these two issues. I I would have I would have to say though that from from a personal my personal preference is that I do think as much as I liked some of the background stuff on Volthoom and and how that was kind of like building up to to, to getting me interested in this, the first two parts of Out of Time really haven't done much for me. Mm-mm. I don't think it's. Uh, I think they're nice visually, but yeah, yeah. story-wise, yeah, yeah, it's def it's definitely nice. It's definitely nice visually, but I don't necessarily think that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that it's going. Okay, I think I've since 
I, I wanted to see if I could find this. I think it comes. I think that comes from the third law storyline, the idea because I'm, I'm reading I'm reading a, uh, a a brief part of the synopsis of the third law storyline from that was volume three, right? That was Green Lantern. Volume oh, three. you're talking about the Hal Jordan issues where it was like the third law part one, part yes, two, and yes. part three. Yeah, the, the story. Yeah, the, the okay. story that you don't particularly like, I don't think, or else we would have probably done that arc already. <laughs> Uh, Ganthet, ex- Ganthet explains that the universe was created in a Bing Bang and will eventually collapse into a singularity at its end. But that singularity will eventually bring about another Big Bang at in- infinitum. Uh, unfortunately, Krona's meddling with the beginning of time has made it so that there will be too little mass and gravity to produce a new singularity once the end of the universe comes. The Guardians have calculated that their work can preserve just enough energy of the Enough of the cosmos energy to sustain the infinite, so that so that's so that's where that must have, that idea must have come from, which was appropriate because that script I did was based at least loosely on more than loosely. It was just I just added the Manhunters into the mix, but it was but Entropy was the bad guy in the third and a lot of the elements of the third law conceptually, at least that part of the third law storyline was brought into it. So that's. I think that was the explanation, or that the storyline where that idea that Krona, Krona's meddling sucked out the energy in, that was needed to basically reboot the universe into another Big Bang when, when ours ended, and the Guardians took it upon themselves to try to establish a, a, a chaos-free existence as much as possible throughout the cosmos, so that were th- they calculated if they did that, they could basically save, enough, save the same amount of energy that... that Krona pissed away by doing what he shouldn't have done, and then everything would be okay again. So, so there we go. Probably well, at least you found yours. I don't know where I found mine. <laughs> but anyways, um, so we're going to move on to feedback, guys. We have an email from a guy named Jeremy, and then a uh, couple of Facebook comments from a gentleman named Ryan, both concerning the last episode we did con- uh, about the Green Lanterns. Series that would be coverage of um, number twenty-five and twenty-six. Alrighty, so the email is: Hey guys, first off, I love the podcast. I just recently got into the whole Green Lantern mythos, and you guys have helped me tremendously with your knowledge and love and criticisms of all of it. <laughs> right back at you, my friend. Uh, that that being said, I have a couple of things. Maybe you guys uh, can clear up for me. Number one, in the, new, in the new Green Lanterns 28, I'm curious about Jessica's ring. I'm pretty sure Volthrum had a connection to it since the first seven rings were created from the Travel Lantern, which is why uh, uh, her and Simon were thrown into the past in the first place. But as we see in 28 for the first part, there are at the time eight rings. Of course, this is quickly corrected with the overload of willpower for one of the rings, causing one member to basically disintegrate. May she rest in peace. Uh, but anyway, I was under the impression that Jessica's ring was actually one of the original seven. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But if I'm not, would there not be some kind of paradox with two versions of the same ring existing, barring the ability to duplicate? And what would all that entail? Number two, and number two is just a theory on what the writers are eventually going to do with Volthum. All his abilities and the way he taps into the emotional spectrum and Necron's comments of how Volthum can't die and doesn't know what he is. I'm just speculating that, may, that he may actually be an entity, like an entity for the entire emotional spectrum, a phantom entity, if you will. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on both of these. Thanks, guys. Romy, otherwise known as Jeremy. <laughs> I like that Romy. That's cool. Mm, okay, so... <clears throat> it, you know, this email actually got me thinking, what about the other rings? 
Like, is the Kryptonians ring not just uh, – is it also another one of the OG rings? But when it was later conscripted back into service after the Manhunters, did that then become the ring that searched Sector 2813 that would eventually recruit Tomar? Or is it just um, was it just randomly reassigned? Because we may our whole timeline in the entire universe may be screwed up, but I don't think Krypton changed sectors. <laughs> so Krypton should still be in two eight one three, which means I'm assuming that this ring would is the same ring that Tomar Ray would wield, and then Tomar two after him. And then, what's her name? Somar Lee now? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Um. Well, I think I think we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a better idea about in general. I think we're gonna get a better idea of of the of what happens to these rings and related to Jessica's ring. I think he is he is absolutely correct that it certainly was implied that Jessica's ring is one of the original seven because that's the only one Raimi, I mean, Volthumi could find any track record of that's the only one that seems to still exist as far as he his research and his uh behind the scenes work dwarf they, the only thing they really had had any fruit that you know, really was discovered uh, on the vine the only thing that really was truly there that he could find was the uh fruit of jessica's first you know, her ring being one of the original seven um it could be the kryptonian's ring now that we know that there is no technical ring bearer anymore for that ring, she could technically wield both rings, and that could be and that ring could basically that ring could end up beginning. You know, her, she could she could wield that ring, and that ring over time could end up coming basically coming back to her. Uh, and there could be an explanation given why why she doesn't you know remember any of this and everything else. We've seen the convenient explanations for that before. Though Simon seemingly has a ring going forward, so I'm curious whether he ends up with that Kryptonian ring. Which is interesting, because we don't see it after expo- after she explodes, nor right. does it like go searching off into space for a replacement. Right. So where is that ring? Is Did it explode with her? Probably not, but I think we'll know that maybe in the issue that comes out tomorrow. Um, but if I had to guess right now, I'm going to guess that it doesn't have to be. See, it doesn't have to be the Kryptonian's ring because we don't know what. Because obviously, there's reason to believe that all the all the other six lanterns are going to die. Probably, or the, all the other five, five of the other six lanterns are going to die except for Wolfman there because we know he lives. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very possible that the other. But he, he but he didn't have his ring, did he? Or did he have his ring? No, no, he did. Did he? Wait, when he was in the chamber or now? Yeah, when he was in the chamber. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, don't think. So. Yeah, I don't think he did because, or else Vol- Volthum would have detected there were two rings that were still active from the original seven. Unless there was no way he, you could get a read off of it in the uh, the uh, vault of shadows. The so it, it remains to be seen, but I'm going. I'd be willing to bet right now, anyway, that it's one of the one of the one of the rings from the other six lanterns here that are still alive. That ring. Oh, um, sorry. I, I just. I still have. Uh, 25 on my phone, so I just went ahead and pulled it up. He does have his ring. He does have his ring. So, the, so well, the, I would assume he does because he makes a giant freaking construct sword. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I see. I couldn't remember when I was asking that whether it was a. Yes, construct it's honestly. I'm sorry. Uh, when when Ramy when Ramy uh, Volthumi, 
when when he stops time on him or whatever, it you the bottom panel on that page you can zoom in and Tyranir is still wearing a uh, Green Lantern ring. All right, so so obviously we know two two of the seven rings do manage to survive, but maybe because being in the Vault of Shadows. Either either in the Vault of Shadows, he couldn't detect there was another one, or he knew he was able to detect that what's his face still had one, and he knew there was no way he was going to be able to con. He was that that he was going to be detected right away, which he essentially was. <laughs> but I think one of the exa- the other five rings will end up being the ring that somehow gets lost in space and time or whatever, and ends up, but somehow makes its way to Jessica, and maybe we'll even get an explanation for why it ends up going to Jessica. Um, so. Another another potential uh, explanation for what happened to this Kryptonian's ring is if it's if that ring is the same ring that Jessica has, then they could pull one of those time travel gimmicks where the same object cannot exist in two places at the same time, and Jessica's ring's presence over overrode the presence of its earlier self. And became itself. You know what I'm talking about? How time travel does that sometimes. Yeah, where I, I, the the two things from two different eras merge into one because both can't exist in the same place in the same time. That's usually the same space. Not, I don't think it's based, that theory. I think is usually they can't they can basically they can't take this they can't take the same physical space. So you're not supposed to interact or physically touch each other. Not necessarily that you can't be in this. Because obviously you have to be able to go back. If it was just being in the same time, it would never work. It's just the mere fact that you exist no matter where you are. There already is a paradox. Either way, it's time travel. It's a mess. I don't think that could be an explanation. I don't think that's the one we're going to get. But at this point, you know, it's really it's really completely up in the air what we're going to get out of this. As for um, Voltum being an entity, short answer, no. I don't think so. Is he now so powerful and so tied into the emotional spectrum, he maybe has the same sort of connection and origin and tied to the emotional spectrum as an entity? Yes. But is he an entity? No. That's at least my answer. I, I would tend to I would tend to agree with that. I think I think it I think it's the way he tied it into like almost like a phantom entity that that is that is intriguing enough to where I'm not sure how they would pull it off, but it, but it is something that I they could try to give you some kind of explanation along those lines to so open the door to that. But I don't necess- but I don't necessarily think that's where they're going to go with it. No, it's interesting that uh, Green that you know you say that 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 uh, one of the good things that Humphreys did was was pull Volthoom out from the shadows and try and expand on that. It's interesting too, because by setting him up the way they have it, like how is this even going to be resolved? <laughs> they, but by saying that he cannot die for as long as the emotion lives, how are they going to defeat him? And the short answer is they're not, they're going to thwart his plans or set him back or whatever, but he's not going to die at the end of the story. Which is interesting because essentially what that means is that Volthoom is to the Green Lantern uh, title and mythos in terms of a villain what Cyborg Superman is to the Superman titles. Because Cyborg Superman could never be destroyed, right? 
Oh, which is, I guess, yes. something we find we found out in our in our uh, in the Sinestro Corps war or whatever. But Cyborg Superman, even intent on trying to die, could not die, so would always be around in some form or another. By saying Volthoom cannot be killed, he is to the Green Lantern Corps now as a villain what Cyborg Superman is to the Superman mythos, or you could say what Cyborg Superman is to the Green Lantern Corps as well. <laughs> As you're talking about Volthoom, and actually going back to what you said about the whole the idea of occupying the same space, that kind of the, the whole time travel paradox there, that could they could do some very. I was thinking they could try to do some variation on that to try to get rid of Volthoom temporarily, even if it's like combining the, the our current Volthoom in a way with the past Volthoom, almost like creating a loop or merging them together somehow to trap them. Uh, so in a way, so like our Volthoom is trapped. In, it's kind of like not that I, I don't think they'll. Did you did you ever read a Fantastic Four regularly, like when you were a kid? No, uh, you know I don't think I've ever read a Fantastic Four comic, and I think the one that pops into my mind most primarily, which somebody's gonna freaking kill me for, because I know how this storyline is perceived in the comic fan community. I think if I ever read one, it was a Heroes Reborn story. Oh God, I I, I, I had a lot of those titles, and they and they mostly they mostly sucked. That's true. Uh, but but back back in the back in the day, or in somewhere in the early two hundreds of Fantastic Four, uh, they had a cool storyline in which they were building up towards this big uh, Galactus versus the Sphinx, the Sphinx fight. And it took place in Egypt and all this stuff. And, of course, Galactus beats the shit out of the Sphinx, and it's not really much of a fight at the end of the day. But as punishment, after he pulls out, like, the costume from his head and crushes it, he creates a perpetual loop where the Sphinx has to go – where the Sphinx basically has to go back in time and, re, re, and retrace all his steps to get him to that ultimate moment when Galactus beats him so it can all start over again. So I – so they could they could potentially try to do something with Volthoom to kind of create almost like a perpetual loop where now where everything that we've seen necessarily has to play out where just that his future and his past self are just like kind of locked in together maybe in the chamber of shadows or something uh, or almost like his consciousness that he know that everything we've seen him experience since he escaped from the chamber of shadows and going forward that 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 his that almost like his current brain is almost like going back. To, all his memories and everything he's, he's experienced, he's still stuck in the Chamber of Shadows like he was 10 billion years ago, knowing all that happened and maybe being unable to do anything about it. I'm not saying it would happen. I, just, I was thinking about your loop thing, and then I thought about that Galactus Sphinx thing. And that made me think of uh, – because of the fact, again, that you can't kill him, so you need to put – you just need to put him on ice long enough to move on until in a creative fashion until uh, – now, what? Now, wouldn't it, not, not not that it's possible at the moment since he's back in. Actually, we don't really know where current Volthoom is. We just know where old school, well, the original Volthoom is, which is another thing we need to see. Uh, well, current Volthoom is presumably still in the Chamber, Chamber of Shadows, Shadows in the present, present day, unless he's unless he's been able to track, figure out where Simon and Jessica went, and he, and he's on his way back in time. Which, but I was thinking, if you if just as a quick aside, you would think that. Somebody who'd be really interested in Volthoom would be Relic. <laughs> you would think so. It'd be a real challenge for him because uh, he would keep draining. He would he could drain all the emotional spectrum energy out of him he'd want, but he really wouldn't kill him. So 
Could be quite interesting, but of course, since Relic is stuck at the friggin' wall, at least for for the time being. Um, so we got a uh, oh, oh, thanks, Jeremy, for the email. We really appreciate yes. that. Um, we also got some comments on our post on Facebook that was speaking of to our last episode covering Green Lanterns uh, uh, 25 and 26 from a guy named Ryan, and he actually left three different comments. So what I did was I split them up, and we'll just I'll read one of the comments, we'll address that, I'll read the next comment, we'll address it, and so on and so forth. So Ryan says in his first comment, just discovered your podcast, and I really like it. This is especially good because of your guys' great continuity knowledge. I'm going to try and grab a few straws, though, at random. In regards to, and there might be some typos in here, I couldn't figure out. In regards to Raimi Log and the timeline of the shrinking and splintered lanterns, first, have Malthusians always been immortal? If so, what if their quote-unquote days aren't how we view days? To an immortal being, a day could be a hundred years or even a thousand. Like I said, it's a long shot, but it would give more time in between stories to fit. Uh, Mal- Malthusians definitely haven't always been immortal. Uh, you can take that one issue of Secret Origins that Mark and I covered with uh, Ryan Daly over on his Secret Origins podcast uh, to go with that. You can even uh, go back to the Green Lantern, Green Arrow storylines uh, when they tackle that uh, overpopulation story, uh, and it kind of goes over the slightly origins of the, the Guardians slash Malthusians. As a matter of fact, Maltus, which is the planet where the, the Owens originated from, in that story, there are still Malthusians, like regular people, like you and I, uh, that the Owens are just... Uh, yet another offshoot, an advanced offshoot of uh, actually now that I think about it if that's if that's the case, it's like the Owens or the mutants <laughs> 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 but, but anyways uh, no, the Malthusians have not always been immortal, I don't think there's ever been a story that said they were always immortal yeah, I think it's, I think it's been as firmly I, I think it's been relatively firmly established anyway that they were not always but that's something that during during their change from Altusians to Guardians and everything, that that's kind of where the immortality and as their powers increased and their and their and their and literally and as their heads grew bigger. <laughs> well, actually, or as their bodies shrunk, because don't nice. they say that's in this gonna, story? Yes, I was going to point that out too. As their heads grew, that was the second thing I was going to say. As their heads grew bigger, which of course, ha ha ha, and as their bodies grew smaller, that that's when they that's when they started becoming more. Yeah, know. because. It's it's Rainey who who even in one of the prior issues notes a physical change in the Guardians after they divorce themselves from emotion with a great heart. Right, and they, and the guard no one would talk about no one would talk about the uh, the eight like the nine billion pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, the, 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 as for the days, I think he's referencing when we talk about ten billion years. Um, that's an editor's note. That's not something. It, it'd be one thing if, like, the ring was popping up saying ten billion years ago, and then, but but the 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 narrative bubbles did not provide that information for us. But the narrative bubbles are not the ring bubbles. 
that makes any sense. Because the ring bubbles are based on Owen tech, which would mean that, yeah, I guess your theory could make sense, or your suggestion could make sense, if the rings are based on Owen tech and measure the timelines in those sort of ways. Yeah, maybe, but I don't think so. Besides, I think... I think the ring, doesn't it automatically, since it adapts to the use, the bearer's language, doesn't it automatically uh, adapt itself to their point of reference? I would assume so, but maybe not. Yeah. All right, his next comment. He says, you also discussed the ring slash hunters slash rings problem. I'm really hoping they do explain it, but after issue 27, the seven lanterns obviously don't get along and maybe things go crazy, and the remaining lanterns think sentient beings don't deserve the rings, so they try the Manhunters, which also go insane. Then the Guardians begrudgingly realize that Raimi was right by seeking sentient beings over robots, a la Manhunters or Alpha Lanterns. More straw grabbing, I suppose. I think the problem there is in assuming that um, the, the remaining OG Seven Lanterns then make the decision to disband the lanterns and create the Manhunters. Because as crazy as all of this has been, I I still think the Guardians created the Manhunters. Right. I would agree. Yeah. But, yeah, again, that, that whole timeline is, is so messed up. Uh, I don't think I don't think the Guardians ever would admit Raimi was right. I don't think anyone of them will ever say that. The only one I could even conceivably see saying even thing, anything even remotely like that would be Gambit. But I don't think the words "Ramy was right" will come out of his mouth. <laughs> certainly, well, certainly not the Gantt that we've, the way we've seen him written in in this book. Right. Um, and his final comment, he says, and even though the whole 10 billion years is kind of silly, why can't they just use millions? It is in no way even close to the horrible idea of the emotional reservoir. I was very close to stopping reading GL during that time, (laughs) which would have been very sad because I've read every floppy since Secret Origins and now have a large collection of GL mainstay issues. But I'm glad both GL books have really turned around and are very enjoyable for me. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement that the 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 finite or the, the finite reservoir of the emotional spectrum was is a horrible idea. And I just wish they would have. I still wish they would have already done away with it. But maybe after the whole Doctor Manhattan thing fades away, maybe they'll maybe they'll go back to make it the way it used to be. I wouldn't be surprised if they've already done away with it. <laughs> and yeah, they just, but except for I doubt it because Venditti gave it to us. If it was a different writer, I would, could say they'd just ignore it. But uh, Well, I mean, when was the last time we heard anything even about it? I was just going to say, we're, we're, we're like really on the same page today. I was just going to say, it's not like anybody references it, references it anymore. Like we talked about how it was getting friggin' old, how in every single issue some somebody would somebody would uh, like graph or somebody would moan and bitch about, oh, it's like I don't want to use my ring, oh, blah blah blah, and even even sad sack Saint Walker was kind of moaning and bitching about it, but now now no now nobody seems to care anymore as well they shouldn't, <laughs> but but I I it has to be dealt with at some point even if it's just to do away with it. So besides it would it would give it it would give an give us an interesting story 
just to do away with it. So there's an interesting story to be told for, again, why people thought the or why Relic thought and why it seemed like the emotional spectrum was finite and it was being drained and things were going wrong to find out why that was the case. Uh, so It's funny you mentioned Graph. Have you read the most recent issue of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps? Yeah, the one that yeah, the, the the first part of that that less than promising new god storyline. Yes, I read that. Graf plays the main part in that and he uses rings. Spoilers. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> With no references to why I shouldn't be using this because it's draining the emotional spectrum. <laughs> well, he well, he's so desperate just to belong at this point that I think he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of being ostracized. I got to do some good. Oh. <laughs> uh. And he and he still kind of screws up, so <laughs> missed it by that much. All right, uh, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate that info. Uh, was there anything else before we close out? I know you're going to be mad. At, I know you're going to be mad at me for even bringing it up, but uh, why don't you briefly talk about your little Twitter thing, just so we can. <laughs> My little Twitter thing. Mark doesn't have a high opinion of Twitter, guys. That, 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 had nothing, that had nothing to do with that. Talk, talk about reading. Talk about reading so much into something that wasn't there. Oh, my lord. I only said it that way because you seem to have such little interest in bringing it back up for discussion, even though you had a big enough reason to talk about it last week, Chad. Okay, so... I use this uh, website. I was going to say program, but it's not a program. It's a website uh, called TweetDeck. I've mentioned it before where you can access your Twitter account. But on Twitter, when you're actually on the website, you have to toggle back and forth between like direct messages sent to you or notifications or your homepage or your regular news feed or whatever. On TweetDeck, you can see all that at once. It's separated into columns. One of the things I do is I follow the hashtag Green Lantern so that on occasion, if I happen to look over and see something interesting, we can relatively be on top of it. Uh, but again, I don't pay attention religiously. I don't really think that you know we're going to be the one place to break all news at any time. One thing I've been seeing lately as a result of like Justice League is a lot of clickbait. I mean, like, I'm talking a ton of clickbait, guys. Um, clickbait, in general, bothers me because, as I've mentioned a billion times before and will a billion times again because I'm just that kind of a person, and I am my father's son. <clears throat> I wanted to be a journalist at some point, so I have a healthy respect for actual journalism. Clickbait, to me, is more than just stupid. It's a disease. <laughs> so... <laughs> When you take clickbait and then apply it to something I have a great passion for, like Green Lantern fandom, and then you see people specifically using a hashtag, Green Lantern. Okay, when people use hashtags, there's two different ways people use them. Some people use them, for the most part, this is the majority of people who use them, would be for fads. It's just to make a statement. It's to, you know, whatever. It's to be funny, you know, whatever. The other side of that coin is people using hashtags for promotion slash to get more exposure for the particular post they're using. Because for those of you unaware, hashtags are actually clickable. 
So if you click on it, it should, in theory, pull other posts that have the same hashtag. So you can interact with people who are speaking about the same thing. Okay, that is their actual function. So when someone on Twitter posts information about Green Lantern and uses the hashtag Green Lantern and really no other hashtags or promotional things, they're specifically trying to get that information to the people who are speaking about that specific subject. That being said, there was a website called Geeky Den, and it's not even a website, it's a blog. Geekyden.blogspot.com Headline It's official Four exclamation Three exclamation points Green Lantern will appear in Justice League Okay So I click on it Because I'd rather save you guys The click than anybody else Uh, And it's talking about the Green Lantern Core movie According to reporter Umberto Gonzalez, there will be a Green Lantern sighting in 2017's Justice League. On a recent Periscope video, he was asked about the lanterns, where he said, start quotes, Yes, there is a Green Lantern in Justice League. I forgot how to pronounce him. I forgot the name of the Green Lantern in Justice League, so we'll see. Hey, maybe by that time they get to cast Hal Jordan, and next we'll throw him in there too, who knows? Unquote. A few fans threw out some possible names, to which he responded, start quote, Kilowog. No, it's not Kilowog. It's a funny sounding, I'll give you a hint, it's a funny sounding name. I'm like, okay, better not cast Tyrese. It is confirmed that Green Lantern, a Green Lantern, will be in Justice League, but I don't want to give you the spoiler, obviously, but yes, there is a Green Lantern, unquote. How the fuck... Does that get made into an article, even on a crappy, random blogspot thing? How in the world does someone named Umberto Gonzalez get the title, quote, reporter, with that kind of information, such as, I forgot how to pronounce him? Shit or get off the pot. Like, if you're going to sit there and claim that you have secret knowledge and, hey, I know that this is going to happen, and then you're going to then follow up with that by telling the entire world, expecting the clip to pick up your quote-unquote scoop and run with it like this blog did, and then these blogs follow up by saying things like, not just, it's rumored that a Green Lantern will appear in Justice League, like... None of us knew that rumor was existing already, but take it a step further and say things like, it's official. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So I've gotten to the habit lately over on Twitter on seeing these, seeing Green Lantern news or cool art or cool cosplay and calling it out, retweeting it, being like, hey, that's cool, so on and so forth. But I've also gotten to the habit of finding shit like this and shutting it down. Like, just shutting it down. Because these people are not just trying to... They're they're not trying to get any information out there. All they're trying to do is bring attention to their various websites. Because they are literally offering nothing. Any logical person can look at this and go, 
the fuck does that even mean? I forgot his name. <laughs> like, what? And, and, beside, and first, first, first of all, when it comes to this, I didn't really post about it, but this is what I, I was thinking. First of all, the, this whole thing, as you kind of just mentioned a few seconds ago, this isn't a new story. We've heard this. We've heard the same. Whether you know, whether it was from, you know, Umberto, whatever. <laughs> Al Mayembe, right? Isn't that his, isn't that his screen name? I'm not sure. Uh, or his tag name from his site or whatever. That that we've heard that rumor for on and off for months that there was going to be a Green Lantern at the end, which I form, I, I I happen to believe that's true. I think there will be a Green Lantern in the movie. But this this whole but the but the whole game playing about oh it's got a funny sounding name. What I mean, what the hell does that mean? I mean, what, I mean, it's it's like. Are you just trying to be an? Are you just trying to be an ass because you because to you oh uh, you know, John Stewart's a funny story. <laughs> because because if you wanted to be logical about it, well, I would rule out any Earth Green Lantern because they're not funny names. Uh, and when you factor in oh I, it's like I forget the name or I don't know how to pronounce it or whatever, it's like well that seemingly will leave out almost every Green Lantern that we know. Because well maybe Abin Sir. Well that's that's where again that's. On the same wavelength. That's where I was going to go. He, it, he could think he's being clever because Ab, because there is not one, one one universally accepted way to pronounce Abin's last name because some people say it like Sir as an S I R and some people say it more like Sur, almost like almost like a almost like a Sur, but not quite that pronounced, but like Sur. Uh, so unless that's what he's unless that's the game that he's the game that he's playing. But it's like, but it like you like you said, it's like from a content perspective, it's nothing. It's like again going back to another one of our old stomping grounds. There was an article, I think I'm pretty sure it was on Newsarama last week, right after the whole the whole story broke about how you know Disney is planning on getting their own streaming service in 2018, and all and, on, and all, all the Disney movies and stuff that are on are going to be uh, potentially taken off of Netflix. And I think the whole article title was "What is what is this going to mean to like the for the Marvel Netflix shows and and you know the Star Wars movies and things like that?" And basically, it's a relatively small little thing, but it says absolutely nothing, and it's no and it's nothing to it. And it's one one comment one commentator said. So basically, you could have just said, you could have just said, "What what does this mean for these shows?" We don't. We have no idea, or we don't know. And, just, and that could have been the entire article, and it would have saved everybody the trouble of reading through it, because because nobody did know. And then, of course, a couple of days later, which is what I kind of suspected anyway, whatever Disney does may not impact the Marvel Netflix shows anytime soon, because they were because they had, that's a different deal. Just like the Star Wars movies could theoretically still stay on Netflix and things like that. So. It's, it's it's stuff like that that is clickbait that, that that drives you up the wall. And I know somebody on I think it was on when you when you posted this on Facebook, I know somebody pointed out that well he did get he did get the scoop on like Heath Ledger you know being cast as the Joker, which I don't even, I'm going to assume that's true. I don't remember him getting that scoop. But a cast that was from uh, Daniel. He was uh, from the Bad Mama Jams. They they did they do our theme. Oh, that's oh. our themes. And I'm, so I'm, I did assume that's true. But sorry, sorry for that. That I didn't remember who it was. I just looked at it real quick because oh, no worries. I just feel bad now. That but casting rumors are something different. I mean, if you had get a casting rumor, yes, you have some inside track or you hear something from someone that you think or or a source. 
But that's good. But you're going to know. But almost every casting thing is confirmed long before the movie starts shooting, unless it's one of those cameos that they really do a good job at hiding. But everybody, like, but everybody in the world knew Heath Ledger. I'm not saying he didn't break it first. I'm just saying everybody knew long before that movie was shot that Heath Ledger was the Joker. That was confirmed because there was a con- it was controversial, just like Michael Keaton being Batman. It was that kind of controversial where people didn't see it at all. How, we don't see this casting at all. So it's not quite the same thing. It's kind of like teasing and teasing and teasing. Oh yeah, this is going to be. This is going to be just like. Remember how we we heard all this stuff about Batman versus Superman. Remember how this, they had they were going to have this huge third act battle, with with Hal Jordan and all, all the Justice League was going to come together to fight Doomsday. And we didn't, and we know how we know how what kind of bullshit that was. But I mean, I do think I do think Green a Green Lantern is going to show up, and it's and if it's not going to be Hal, it probably will be Abin Sur. Yeah. Abin Sur would make the most sense, except for the fact that how are you going to get Hal into unless you if you're it still would be stupid not to have Hal and or John Stewart in any of the Justice League movies before you get to the core. I don't give a crap how how bad the Green Lantern movie in 2011 was at this point. You're shooting yourselves in the foot by taking such a key component of the DC universe and refusing to touch it. And if and I'm pretty sure Hal already exists. So, that's, so this this guy being. The, the, this Green Lantern that shows up, this supposed, it's it's just a funny sounding name. Like it could be Abinser, and maybe this is how Abinser dies and how Hal gets his ring. 100% doubt it because there's no way, no way I would, it, I could even conceivably think of a story in which Hal gets his ring and then John gets his ring shortly thereafter. Well, especially if the if the rumors that we heard are true that they want to do the 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 lethal weapon kind of concept. With the with the with the older veteran in the in the, in the new and the new recruit because we automatically assume that Hal is going to be the veteran and John's going to be the new guy so that would mean Hal would have to be around already unless unless it's another play on world by play on words because of using the Harold Jordan kind of name how that's how that's a funny sounding name you know I yeah. I I don't know to me if it's not if it's not Hal you would think it would have to be Abin Sir. So that that would that would make sense, but also depends where they are. I mean, if, if they send a distress signal from Earth, which is some of the rumor that Cy, you know, Cyborg that Cyborg, because of his ties to the Mother Box, finds out all about the Green Lantern Corps and everything else, and sends out a distress signal, and then 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 it would make sense if they're on that that would call especially Abinser because it's his sector. It would make sense that he would that he would come come to Earth. But it doesn't. It does leave a huge gap if you're trying. If you're trying to go with the the good cop, bad cop. I mean, that's good cop, bad cop. The the veteran cop, rookie cop, kind of like a pseudo training day lethal weapon kind of combination. That w- one of those two should be established already. And if and unless he's not patrolling our sector, he has a different role, which I guess they could try to do. But that would. But that would. But that would kind. Of, but then it wouldn't make sense for Abin Sir to still have the ring. You know that that would be really screwing around with the origins. Even if they want to make them sector partners, it would still screw up a key component of the origin. Not that they probably care, but Je- yeah, Je- Je- Jeff John should care though. So uh, th- I, I just been going hard on on Twitter about all this this clickbait stuff related to Green Lantern, especially in the Justice League movie. I, it, like back at the very tail end, at the very end of July, um, this guy named Nishant Chopra. Uh, his uh, Twitter handle is Exile Nishant. Uh, so the word Exile N I S H A N T. Calling him out. He <laughs> I, posts, I, he, I, I assume that had to be the case since you were being so meticulous about it. <laughs> I know. I, I'm telling you, man. I, these people piss me off, so I like to shut them down. 
So he posts this tweet, says Justice League Green Lantern teaser, okay? And then he uses hashtag Justice League, hashtag DC, hashtag Green Lantern, movie trailer, and then he posts a link to this YouTube video that he supposedly cut and made together, right? So I click the link. Again, save you guys the feel. It's a link to a video he posts on his own YouTube channel, okay? So he's right away, he's already trying to get people to go to his personal YouTube channel. The entire video is not the Justice League trailer that we saw at Comic-Con. However, only the scene on the rooftop with Gordon, okay? When when Gordon's like, how many of y'all are there? And Batman says, not enough. And then they all disappear, and Barry's still standing there. He's like, oh, they, they just left. That was rude. <laughs> and then disappears. That, that scene, that's it. And then it cuts out, and it says Justice League. And I tweeted him. I said, how is this a Green Lantern teaser? And he's like, have you gone through the description I have written over there? Uh, the Flash and, and Alfred Pennyworth could be talking about Green Lantern. And I said, yeah, there is zero reference to Green Lantern in your view, video. Absolutely, positively, 100% zero reference. And he says, Gordon is asking for GL that how many are there? And GL replies X, and Batman says not enough. Zero reference for Superman in trailer, but dot, dot, dot. I said, Gordon isn't asking Green Lantern anything. Gordon, Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Batman are the only characters in this trailer. And he says, one question then. To whom Gordon is talking to while repairing the car at the very end of the trailer? And I said, I see no car in your video. (laughs) And that's when the conversation stops. He's referring to the entirety of the Justice League trailer. Not specifically the video that he cut together and posted on his own YouTube channel. When when um, not Gordon uh, when Alfred is at the very end of the trailer says something like I, I, you, that we've all been talking about who is Alfred hoping, talking? Yeah, you were hope we were hoping you would come or whatever. Or they it, yeah, exactly. Over That's what this guy is referring to. But he's trying to get clicks to his personal YouTube channel by using the hashtag Green Lantern and calling his video. It's not just that he's using the hashtag Green Lantern. He is calling his video on YouTube, the title of said video, is Justice League Green Lantern Teaser. (laughs) Like, there are people out there who are using our fandom to try and get as many clicks out of us as possible to their personal content so that they can get as much attention as possible by putting a bunch of bullshit misinformation like the article we mentioned earlier or by deliberately editing things to take advantage of hungry fans just looking for any scrap of information they can find. And to me, that, that actually legitimately upsets me. Partially as a fan, partially as a past iteration of myself wanting to be a wannabe journalist, and partially as a podcaster who has been a part of or listener of this show since in, in its entirety. Like, whether we want to say it or not, we are one of the cornerstones of, like, Green Lantern information in terms of fan-led information. Like, outside of, like, obviously the people who own the rights to the character, like DC and Warner. We as the Lantern cast... We got the bog slash podcast of Ola with over with Myron and Bill. And then there are other sites out there 
and Facebook led pages and so on and so forth that are kind of the the the, the four corners and the four horsemen or the the four pillars of fan information about the character of Green Lantern. We don't like to toot our own horn or say any of that, but that's essentially true. So to have people take advantage of our fandom and the, and the fandom that people other than us love so much that they come to us for information on and they're polluting the hashtag Green Lantern stream with this bullshit actually legitimately upsets me. <laughs> and that's why I had to say something both on Twitter and on Facebook. <laughs> no, I, I I do agree. I I, under, I agree with the sentiment. You see that all the time with lots of stuff, especially like right now with Game of Thrones. You see it all the time about reposting the same stupid articles with the same stupid headlines. That even if you actually happen to click click on it and look at it, it doesn't really amount to a hill of beans. Uh, we see this all the time. So it's it's just yeah shameless promotion, which doesn't and which just which just pisses people off because they they're expecting they're expecting at least a little bit of truth in advertising though I guess at this point as a general rule I guess we shouldn't <laughs> yeah like I, I challenge I challenge you out there to go to our Facebook page or go to our Twitter page and look at our information that we post up there the episodes we post and the hashtags we use. Show me a hashtag that is not in any way, shape, or form relevant to the information contained in that tweet or that post. Tell me in any way, shape, or form that when you click on that, it doesn't give you more information. If I used hashtag Simon Baz in a tweet, hey, did Simon Baz appear in the issue that we recapped in that episode? Did you learn more about Simon Baz when we recapped the new information that we learned about him when we recapped said issue in which he appears? There is content there for you to digest relevant to said hashtag. In no way are we misleading you to get more clicks. We use the hashtag to get the news out there to those searching for said relevant information. But we don't put that information out there with false content as a way to mislead people and get them over to our side. I'm not going to call this person out because he responded to our email and he seemed okay with my initial response, but Mark knows where I'm going with this. We got an email from a guy very recently who came up with a song that he wanted us to play on our show. It has to do with some sort of uh, geek culture stuff, um, but it has zero to do with Green Lantern in any way, shape, or form. Not even tied to the DC universe. But he wanted us to play it on our show for exposure for his stuff so that he could get, I don't know, the producers of some movie or something to pay attention to him or, or whatever. I responded back and told him basically what I just said, <laughs> that you have nothing to do with Green Lantern here. I appreciate the motive because we're also looking for you know people to, to expand our audience but we're not willing to do it at the expense of the content that we put out there. He responded and said, okay. That's one instance. But there's so many other people who just want to take advantage of any way to get their name and their brand out there at whatever cost. If we've ever played or done anything on our show that wasn't relevant to Green Lantern, either Mark and I or Jim and Dan or whoever came up with an idea and said, hey, you know what? 
kind of burned out on talking about Green Lantern real quick. Can we just do a movie episode, or can we do A, B, C, or D type of episode, or talk about this, or talk about that? Or it was from a listener of ours who we've interacted with and have a relationship with. That's the only time we've ever made exceptions to not talking specifically about the character and concept of Green Lantern. Never, ever, ever just for exposure. Don't get me wrong. I would love the, the, the selfish, egotistical part of my personality that's, that's within me and, you know, there's probably within all of us. That part of me wants to go like, yes, it would be really awesome to be out in public and go, hi, I'm Chad. My name is Chad Bokelman. Oh, you're the guy from the Landry cast. (laughs) That'd be cool. Don't get me wrong. Those are thoughts that I have had in terms of, yeah, that'd be cool. But never do we sacrifice our content or the reason which we do this and the way we put it out in order to get that information or provide false information. So this stuff that just uh, – I'm starting to reiterate the same point several different ways. So you guys understand what I'm saying. I'm going to shut myself down now. But yeah, that's why this stuff is starting to upset me a little bit more lately because – and it's specifically related to the Justice League movie because now the Justice League, the hype train is already rolling for Justice League and the rumors are swirling. The closer we get to November 5th – or is it November 5th? Oh, no, it's that because it's, it's, it's after it's after Ragnarok, isn't it? Doesn't Ragnarok come come out first? Yeah, I can't remember the date. So after what, November, the closer we get to November, without a reveal, a casting reveal, or more information on Green Lantern, the more this shit's gonna keep popping up. And I know that we don't have every Green Lantern fan in the universe listening to our show because this episode here. <laughs> Just says, we got a message from Ryan, who says, at whatever episode this was, was it was 280-something, 280-something episodes into our show, nine years into it, Ryan says, I just discovered your podcast. So clearly, every Green Lantern fan out there is not aware that this podcast even exists. But for those of you who listen to us and are active on the social media, and I don't mean to sound like an old man, but there's so many different kinds now. <laughs> we got Tumblr and Imgur, and we've got Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, just the social media. Just let's cover all of it by saying the social media. For those of you who listen to us and are active on the social media, I encourage you, help me shut this crap down. If they contain actual news information, content worth repeating, retweet, repost, tag us, I mean, whatever. But if it's BS, shut it down. Because it's just, it's noise, and it's annoying as crap. And then you get people who click on that, and God love them, and that's something you say down in the South, (laughs) when you want to say you're an effing idiot, but want to be nice about it, God love (laughs) you. But some people will read it and believe it. And then go out and talk to their friends. Go, did you hear it? Someone said, blah, blah, blah. When it's just misinformation. And misinformation, especially nowadays, <laughs> let's not open that political can of worms. <laughs> misinformation is pretty much 90% of what we get these days. Exactly. Misinformation is so prevalent in everyday life now. <laughs> in the. <laughs> 
the bedrock of our culture and <laughs> and what we occur in a day to day basis. I just let's, like I'm not even going to open that can of worms. Misinformation is so prevalent. Can we not have one last bastion of truth, <laughs> even if it's something as relatively speaking to the world events, as relatively speaking trivial as Green Lantern? <laughs> Can we please just have 100% truth in reporting when it comes to this character <laughs> that we read, who is a fictional character, that we read to get away from reality? <laughs> Keep hell alive! Keep hell alive! <laughs> <laughs> So if you're out there, you listen to us, you're active on social media, shut down the BS. Please, God, help me shut down the BS because I can't see it all. Which is hashtag shut down the BS. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Anything else before we go into closings? Nah, I don't think so. I think think we got a lot out of this episode. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of promotions (laughs) – we do have something of our own we want to promote coming up, so how do people reach out to us if they want to do that? <laughs> I don't think we should do that because it's going to be too self-promoting. <laughs> no information this week. We're going we're gonna to walk the walk this week, people. <laughs> you want to contact us, you find it. No, uh, no of, course, of course not. Uh, lanterncast at gmail.com. The best way to contact us uh, website is lanterncast.com. You can we you can use hashtag GLcast. Speaking of hashtags, to locate us on Twitter and Facebook, iTunes and Stitcher. We are on both, whichever platform you listen to us on, or or both. If you happen to be one of those really dedicated listeners, leave us a po- we'd appreciate a positive review. Last but not least, seven oh eight lantern, and let us know what you think. And now, Chad, what what should they let? What should they contact us about besides the the, the usual stuff? <laughs> <laughs> for those of you, <laughs> for those of you keeping track, this was episode two ninety one, which means numbered episode wise, nine more episodes, eight more episodes. No, yeah, eight more episodes until uh, three hundred happens. 300 is a big deal. Uh, that doesn't mean that that in tandem that means there's three more or nine more eight eight or nine more weeks because we have some spinoff episodes and stuff that we want to do as well. But 300 is fast approaching now that we're in the 290s. So if you have feedback or subjects or whatever you can think of in relation to what you think of the show or what you think of the state of Green Lantern as it, as it sits right now, or upcoming stuff, or, I mean, really anything. Anything you want to say to the show about episode 300, the show, Green Lantern, the comics, multimedia, anything, send it our way. Um, we'd love to have some content from you guys to read, whether it's self-congratulatory or not. We don't care. Send it our way. Uh, if we get a ton of it, obviously Mark and I will sift through the stuff that we that uh, and pick and choose what we're going to be reading on the show. Maybe we'll get to some of it that's more relevant to certain titles or something thing something else later on instead of in 300. But whatever you want to say to us, send it our way about 300. Part of the reason I mention that is because we'll have a contest for 300, just to make it interesting. We're gonna. I, I've had these things for a while. I bought them um, uh, down here in Austin, Texas, like over a year ago. Uh, DC put out, DC Direct put out 
a Hal Jordan Green Lantern figure and a Sinestro Green Lantern figure and packaged them together with a soft cover version of Green Lantern Rebirth. And I don't mean this modern era rebirth. I mean the Jeff Johns written that started this whole emotional spectrum thing, 2005 Green Lantern Rebirth. Soft cover trade paperback. I've got an extra one. In fact, I got two extra ones, but I've got one extra one right now. Send in some content for episode 300. And by episode 305, Mark and I will have picked our favorite listener-contributed content for episode 300. That can be a review you left that we thought was particularly awesome, an email that you sent that we thought provoked a particular good conversation. Hell, you could be at a comic convention where there are Green Lantern-related creators and got a cool audio clip on our behalf, like... Um, so-and-so and you're listening to the Lantern cast or, I mean, really anything that you guys out there submit to us for episode 300. If you get it to us, it's involved, it's related to episode 300, it's in the subject title of the email or whatever, the direct Facebook message or whatever it is you send us, that is your entry. But at the end of it all, Mark and I will go through all the content we got for episode 300. We'll come to a consensus view. If Mark and I can't come to a consensus view, I'm sure we'll pull in uh, Dan or Jim or whoever and say, hey, of the two, these two ideas, what do you think? And whoever the winner is, so one stipulation, so long as you live within the continental U.S., <laughs> <laughs> I will send you this, uh, this, this uh, box set thing of the Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, the Sinestro Green Lantern action figures with the soft cover trade paperback of Jeff Johns's Green Lantern Rebirth. The real Green Lantern Rebirth. <laughs> That's right. So should you should you have any content, anything at all for us that you want to submit for episode three hundred, go ahead and do that in any of the ways that Mark mentioned that you can reach out to us. And like I said, anything's up for grabs. A cool email, an awesome review. Uh, by the way, guys, we don't get notifications when we do get new reviews on iTunes or Stitcher. So if you leave a review for us as part of your entry, email us and let us know that you have left said review so we know to go looking for it. Again, we're not super self-congratulatory, so we don't pull up iTunes every time we record and go, and then pull up the review section and go, ooh, have we got another five-star review? <laughs> we, don't, we don't look for that. So if you send it, please let us know you sent a review. Now, we, we should be fair that if we had some really, really great feedback from Guam, we might make an exception. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If somehow, like, Jeff Johns was in Guam at a Comic-Con and, like, went off about how much he loves the Lantern cast or some crap, and you got it on, <laughs> on tape. I mean, we'll we'll go all in. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like, yeah, it's like, I couldn't believe how the Guamese or Guamaranians, they just love Green Lantern. <laughs> they couldn't stop. It's like, it's like everything, they, everything they talked about was either Green Lantern or being nuked by North Korea. Green Lantern. <laughs> You're just alienating our entire Guam listening audience. Hey, that's true. I'm I'm probably alienating our, our, like, one listener. But I'm still opening the door for them to win the contest. (laughs) We're willing to work with you. (laughs) 
god. Um, I actually have a lot of cool stuff I can send you guys uh, that I may send you in addition to the Green Lantern Rebirth. Uh, but at the very least, you're getting the Green Lantern Rebirth box set. Uh, <laughs> because for those of you who want, who are partial to receiving coal in your Christmas stockings, I have uh, one, two, three. Three complete sets of Guy Gardner collateral damage <laughs> that I can offer people too if you'd rather have that. <laughs> Some, somehow I think they really are not gonna want that. We we we, we do have a we do have a gazillion uh, blackest night promo rings so too in case people really do need that. I do have a bag of Green Lantern promo rings. Um, I also have the Green Lantern power ring jumbo coloring and activity book. Which I think that uh, was it, – it's the Green Lantern animated series coloring book. It's basically one of those things that was offered for like a dollar at the Dollar General or something. But I saw a ton of it and I grabbed like four or five copies. So if our winner happens to have kids, I can send them a coloring book alongside this uh, Green Lantern Rebirth box set. <clears throat> but we do, have, we do have a bunch of content that we can use for future contests as well. We don't have to <laughs> – Blow our load, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, <laughs> there, there goes our one listener from Guam, Chad. <laughs> All right, maybe we should end it there. Uh, maybe we should have ended it five seconds ago. <laughs> oh my! Well, uh, uh, until next time. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night.